previously on Popping Collars. That element, too, like we've even had both our adults in our community this year and kind of our pregame faculty staff getting together and talking. And then the our like leadership kids pregame getting together talking about the year. Both of them really named that we could be better as a community at saying when we're wrong and then dealing with the mistake. Mm-hmm. That we don't do that very well as adults, owning like when we screw up, right? Or, you know, hey, sorry about you know, or I should have, sorry, that, that homework didn't end up on, on Canvas or whatever. And then, and then to the kids being able to say, look, I just, I didn't do the homework. I didn't do it, you know? Being like, Tim Rickens, like, I, you know, it's Wednesday. I don't go to school on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Popping Collars, the podcast that lives at the intersection of religion and pop culture. My name is Greg Knight. I am the director of Children and Youth Ministries at the Church of Bethesda by the Sea in Palm Beach, Florida. With me are my co-hosts, Betsy Gonzalez. Betsy, where are you and what are you doing these days? Greg, I am here as head chaplain at the Episcopal High School in Alexandria, Virginia, where the ninth graders are away, Greg. Like all of them, they've gone on an outward bound thing. Mm-hmm. And they're all away in the woods. You sent our- the ninth graders into the woods. We have alone. sent the ninth graders and they have <laughs> adult leaders with them. But okay. like they are off becoming a stronger class together. Right. And and I think the kids will all like sort of complain about this experience, like the older kids. But I think deep down they secretly have a fond space in their heart at this time in the woods. So. And then they, they look back on it and they call it their Lord of the Flies time. Right. That's, exactly. That's exactly. So, Not Lord of the Rings. sponsored <laughs> by the English department. So, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. With us once again, it's Ricardo Avila. Ricardo, where are you and what are you up to? Hey, Greg. I am the rector at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Los Gatos, California, the home of Netflix, which I had heard and didn't quite believe. And then I actually ran into Netflix, the building. It's like, and it was weird because I saw it and I got all excited. Oh my God. I drove into the parking lot. It was like a Sunday afternoon and nobody was there. And I just was like, I'm at Netflix. I'm at Netflix. Oh my God. And then I drove away. Our stewardship season has begun. We've got a thermometer in the back of the church. (laughs) Gotta have a thermometer. That's such a great idea. I got to tell you, I I think I know who can fill up that thermometer. Netflix. You should knock on their door. (laughs) Netflix. And we have a special guest this time, a newbie to these parts. It's Greg Brown. Greg, tell us where you are and what you do. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Yes! You know what that means. Um, yes. So, yeah, I'm uh, the vicar at the Church of the Epiphany in Oak Park, which is one of the mini suburbs of Los Angeles. One of the interesting things about the Church of the Epiphany is that about 10 years ago, with some help from our neighbor, the um, I think it's a county park, we were able to plant four or 500 grapevines, and so we run a vineyard. The hope, you know, we have members who, who uh, help and they get a couple of bottles of wine each. And the hope is that we have enough left over. We're still kind of figuring out how to make good altar wine. 
Got oh, that's a cool neighbor. Take that, Netflix. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Locally sourced <laughs> communion wine. I yes. love it. Wait, yeah. Good good altar wine is sort of an oxymoron, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 92 of Popping Collars, and our topic today is YouTube. So here's the deal. We tend to skew on the older side of pop culture around these parts. It's Greg. The, can we just oh, call it middle? No. I mean. We do. Why? It's, it's a hard truth. It's a hard truth. because We're not the, all watching Lawrence Welk. Give me a break. Gen X. It's the Generation X heart that propels this podcast forward. That's, That's true. Responsible. It's, it's responsible for all that old pop culture that we talk about. It's so um, It's good. So we gave ourselves, <laughs> we gave ourselves, at least I anyway, I gave our panel a challenge this past week to watch four of what Entertainment Weekly calls the must-watch channels on YouTube right now, each of them boasting well over a million subscribers. Listen, I don't claim to be a YouTube expert, but I have to say, I think I learned a lot from my experience, and I'm curious what my roundtable compatriots got out of this little experiment. So we're going to go around the horn and each report in on what we watched and why we think so many other people watch it too. And Betsy, we're going to start with you. What did you watch? Go ahead and kick us off. Okay, first off, I just want to say this is very much like the movie Saw, where Greg is just <laughs> doling out assignments, <laughs> do stuff. So I was assigned Jenna Marbles. And Jenna, I believe she came on YouTube 2009, maybe earlier. Um, but she was kind of an early vlogger, like an early. And so she was doing kind of going for that kind of humorous viral video. One of her first videos was about how to trick people to think you're good looking. And she is really she's she's I, and I don't mean to I don't say this to disparage Jenna's appearance because she is she's beautiful she's really good at makeup and so like she'll, she'll <laughs> her with the way like her with clean face and her with kind of with her made up face or sometimes you're like is that the same person like but yeah. so she and she's funny and she's a little crass and so so these early videos like how to get somebody to stop talking to you who you don't want to come talk to you um and it's and I'm watching the videos with kind of some of it with this you know, post kind of me too mindset and realizing that she was producing these videos years ago of, of, you know, girls saying, you know, guys don't come dance up behind me and think that this is going to be some sort of turn on for me because I'm out here dancing with my friends and I am so totally not interested in you. And this is how I'm going to get rid of you. And it doesn't involve violence. It just involves being silly. You know, like she makes, she makes a silly face at the person. She's like, don't laugh, hold it. You know, I now use this all the time. People come to my door. I don't want them there. I just make this this face at them. And it's away. Um, but like, so she starts off kind of making these viral videos and they start getting shared and everybody starts getting into them. And then what the way it's morphed over time, you know, she's got like 18, how many subscribers? 18 million subscribers. Good and I mean, right? Like she's worth like four to $5 million. But she's she's kind of now doing videos with her with her boyfriend, who's also a blogger and a podcaster. Uh, they, they'll do funny, silly videos. They'll do earnest videos. You know, the day after the Trump election, she decided today was the day that she was going to throw a dog wedding for two of her dogs. 
and because this is what the world needed. And it was, you know, she's doing the costume, she's measuring, you know, the whole thing. And <laughs> I think why she, why she's successful is like, she reminded me of at least like three of my friends and someone is a great storyteller and they can make people laugh and she's totally authentic. So it's just her life though. Like there's no hook to it. It's not like she's not a <clears throat> makeup artist or she is a whatever. I mean, she'll, she'll just do things to kind of be funny. Like she's a person who I would imagine if you were, you know, that you would feel pretty connected to her because of yeah. how she talks about her life. I mean, we've talked about on this podcast, like several times, this idea of sort of finding opportunities to be vulnerable and finding opportunities to be authentic. So just being a personal vlogger and letting people into your life 10 minutes at a time, you've got to be confessional, but you've, you've got to be engaging at the same time. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it really makes me think of like when people say the thing that they connect with at church is like good homilies or something like that. That's what it's making me think of is this, is this opportunity to be authentic, to be vulnerable, to be confessional, all in like a little seven minute chunk. When I was growing up, uh, the paper was always on the table uh, for, at breakfast. And so, and there was always, I was always drawn to the columns, you know, to the column, not just the op-ed stuff, but to the, you know, sort of culture columnists, you know, in the Bay Area, um, Art Hop and... Uh, Herb Cain. Herb Cain, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are great, great, great examples. John Carroll, Adair Lara, different people like that. And and they would sort of do some something similar. They would reflect on a little moment in their life and expand it out into something that was universalizable. Generally, they weren't, you know, generally they were making fun of themselves. Uh, like, I can't believe I got myself into this. But it was some way of, and maybe this is just a, you know, a couple of generations of media back. It was some way of, of having this experience that, that they could share, that you could make a connection with, and that, you know, people could follow. People could sort of then take into their lives and chew on for a little while. Greg Brown, we will move to you next. Who were you assigned Ready. and what... What makes your channel interesting? Oh, man, this is going to be a good one. Uh, it, starts off, uh, it starts off with a good, uh, confusing thing. Uh, so I was assigned uh, someone named Simone Yetch, but her last name is spelled G-I-E-R-T-Z. She's Swedish, and so that last name pronunciation, I, I swear to God, I looked this up. I, you know, like she has a couple of different places where she, she pronounces her name for you. Four, three or four years ago, she got her start. She's an engineering type, although that's not what she studied. And she builds robots and tries to solve sort of silly real life problems. She has a, a, a robot that helps her wake up that's just this rubber hand that spins around and slaps her in the face. So there's a little <laughs> bit of slapstick. Like Pee Wee's Playhouse or something. It's like Pee Wee's Playhouse, exactly. There's a little bit of slapstick. There's a little bit of, you know, absurd. She's a, she a chopping machine that helps her chop dinner and, and like, the food goes everywhere. You know, the, <laughs> the beer pouring machine breaks the glass that the beer is supposed to go into and stuff like that. Her shtick is, is not that she builds robots. It's that she builds crappy robots. And so <laughs> nice. she actually tries to build the worst, you know, to solve the dumbest problem and to build the worst robot. Um, and very, very often she fails. She has a really great TED talk from earlier this year, like maybe April, where she talks about how she got started and what the idea was. And you have to understand about her story. And, and you know, she tells the story in a TED talk. So I, I think I can share it is that she started her life with a lot, a lot of performance anxiety. And so when she got motivated to really play around 
with creating things like robots, at first she was really locked down. Um, and the thing that sort of unlocked her was, was allowing herself to, you know, to, to sort of flip the script to sort of say, well, I'm not going to build good robots. I'm actually going to build crappy robots and that'll be fun. And as soon as it's fun, good ideas start to flow. If you watch her Ted talk and you're very perceptive, you'll notice that, um, that she's a, she's a very funny sort of swollen eyelid in a Ted talk. And unfortunately, uh, what's happened and through her vlog, she's kind of confessed this. And this is where it goes back to what you were saying, Betsy, that, uh, there's a confessional element. So, uh, that swelling evidently came from a small tumor in her head, in her brain. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not kidding, like camera and face. She talks about, you know, there's a 10 minute one where she talks about being diagnosed with brain cancer. There's a little one minute one about 20 minutes before they take her for surgery. Um, and then there's another one that is not that old, probably from August, where she talked where she's it's her first post back from recovery from surgery. And she shows her scar and she talks about the process and stuff like that. She's in her mid 20s. So this is a pretty scary moment. You know, to see her kind of share all that is really profound. And to hear the stories of how different you know, supporters send her packages and notes and visit her and stuff like that. Um, in a way that's, for the most part, I think not creepy. It's a pretty amazing journey, and and I think it it, uh, it 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 exemplifies another sort of back and forth of here's it's not just the voice reflecting out and who's listening. There's this very big community that has gathered around her, such that when you look up her name, um, her latest uh, one is she builds a tampon dispenser that's designed after a Pez machine, and so it's got the little like. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, which is great, right? In her videos, even the not the ones that aren't about her health, she, she talks about sort of what's going on and stuff like that. And it's engaging. I think uh, an interesting question in my mind is, as we, uh, as we live with these people, will they continue to be, you know, to be that open? Will that just be a window in their life or will we know their life for a long time? There's a relationship. Mm-hmm. That you kind of have with this media in a way that you don't with things like TV or movie. Like I don't have a relationship with Brad Pitt. Like, you know, I, I may like think about <laughs> you, I but, <laughs> but I don't really, yeah. but like, there's something about YouTube. The fact that it's so like, it's such a user interface. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you find exactly. your media, you find your hook. Here's this girl mm-hmm. who's making cruddy robots And then all of a sudden a bunch of people start following her and, you know, life still happens to her. It's a TV show to you. Right. But it's her life to ride it out in the midst of it. And there must be something about that that helps that illness not feel so lonely because you feel like your body's betraying you. Everything is leaving you. And, you know, maybe this maybe this solid continual piece will be these people, this community I built through my creativity. And she has this mind of fixing things, right? This right. mind right. of like making things and fixing things and engineering solutions. Mm. And yeah. I wonder if something you guys have been saying uh, clarifies the reason why this stuff doesn't really speak to me. You know, these people are these people are vloggers. You're going to hear about them. They've got thousands of episodes, and you can just see what happened in their day in 2012, April 1st, or whatever. I don't want to be that consumed by anything, really. I guess it's a relationship and maybe that's, maybe I don't want relationships in my, you know, in my consumer culture stuff. Mm. 
my person was um, a gentleman named Louis Cole. He has 2 million subscribers, and the name of his vlog is Fun for Louis. And uh, he is 35 years old. He is from Surrey, England, and he has um, dreadlocks in the about section of his uh, YouTube uh, vlog thingy. It pretty much sums it up. My name is Louis, Louis Cole. I make a daily vlog of my life, exclamation point. I enjoy traveling the world with friends, having fun, and inspiring others, exclamation point. So basically, if you think about people on Facebook who post photos of their vacations and their trips and the things they bought and all these highlights that, like, if you stayed home and didn't get to do anything, would, like, piss you off. He does that every single day of his life. So he travels to Cape Town. He goes to Brussels. He flies in an airplane that he's never flown before. So it's basically he goes out and has adventures. And But he's very genial. That's the thing. He's just easygoing and friendly. A lot is happening, but it's not anything of import. This now shows why you were talking about kind of it being every day. Like you had kind of experienced somebody who is right. the minutia of every day or what have you. Right. I mean, so he's, he's had a podcast or a vlog rather since 2011 and he's had almost 300 million views over those years. And I think the thing with him is, um, you know, I think he just wants to show people, look, life is an adventure. Let's go out and have fun. I'm going to bring you along with me. And I think with the appeal, one of the one of the things that's appealing about him is, you know, it's like hanging out with that adventuresome, creative buddy you never had, and you get to kind of take the trips with him. I actually, uh, he has a girlfriend now, I guess, and that was a, a thing somewhere in the in the vlog years. Her name is Raya, and uh, they're in Brussels uh, around Christmas time. And they're in that beautiful central square. And there's a light show and there's a Christmas market. And it's almost like a travel log thing. They go to this chocolatier and they hear a little history about how long they've been making chocolate. And they give chocolates to the royal family. And they ride the Ferris wheel and everything. They're like, oh, how's the chocolate? Oh, it's incredible. And oh, how is the, how, how is the, the Belgian waffle? Fantastic. And how are the Belgian fries? They're delicious. I recommend them to anyone. And so everything is amazing, fantastic, awesome, superb, and wonderful. And it gets old after a while, but he's mm. so genial. You know, you can't mm-hmm. really fault him. Now, Ricardo is touching on something about this media that I think is is worth sort of uh, picking apart a little bit, which is that as great as it is getting to know people's stories, sometimes – Stories aren't interesting. I have an antidote. An antidote. Antidote, yeah. I have an antidote. antidote to recommend. Okay. Maybe counteract mm. what's happening here. And it uh-huh. is a daily video. It's a minute long, Ricardo. Nice. It's called Nas Daily. And it's Nas done by I no, not Nas the rapper. <laughs> um, but it is it is done by it's a young man. He's a he's an Arab Israeli travel blogger, right? And his name is uh, Yusir Yassen. And I found him. He was recommended to me on Facebook, so I was like, oh well, let me check out his videos. You want to talk about inspirational, uplifting, showing you parts of the world you never known, religious tolerance, which is super interesting. 
you know, some of his videos are really challenging and kind of like Arab-Israeli relations, all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. But then other things that are just awesome, but they're a minute long and it's the best. So I'm going to, I want to say, maybe we check back in later, but, (laughs) or you leave a comment on this, on this podcast, Ricardo. Right. You watch some Nas Daily and that I think, I think, I think what this person you had to watch was trying to do maybe with some editing could be better. But, um, but I really, I, I think this was one that I'm like, when you started talking about, I'm like, oh, is it? And it was like, no, it wasn't him. So, so I recommend Nas Daily. So anyway, there we go. Nas so, Daily. Okay. Well, thank you. I, I will. Um, it sounds more interesting. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to bash this guy too much because mm-hmm. he's just living his life and he wants people mm-hmm. to have fun. And, you know, I think my guess is that to answer the question of why do people like it? I think yeah. they get to live vicariously through him. People care about him. And again, I am stunned that all the comments, like 99.9% of the comments are positive and happy and helpful and sweet and thankful. Greg, who, right. Greg who, did, who did you saw saw give yourself for this podcast? Who's your person? I was the assigned. I actually was not assigned a person. I was assigned oh. a team. Oh. Um, so let me tell you, let me tell you what what I feel like. Ninety nine percent of YouTube channels are devoted to video games. Heck yeah! Oh, yep. Much video games on YouTube. I mean, awesome. It's ridiculous. Just even starting to watch my channel, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you're watching this. Oh, you'll love like blah, 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 and here come all the video game reviews and ratings and here's my opinion about Spider-Man and like I mean it's just like out of the woodwork constant. Um so my channel was a channel called Extra Credits which is an animated show. It's it starts off as a gaming channel. So it's about video games and gaming. But their hook to sort of explaining video games is that they don't talk about the games themselves. Instead, they're kind of like a footnote show. They're kind of like a show devoted to filling in the blanks of how games are made. So anyway, so the channel starts off as that. It's like it's basically like here's the behind the scenes of video games that you never knew before. But it quickly becomes by working with video games and different video game developers, it becomes something else. So for instance, one of the video game developers wants to do a game, a video game about the Punic Wars in Rome. And so they end up, they, the video game company ends up giving the team at extra credits, a bunch of money to produce videos that goes into the history of what started the first and second Punic Wars. What? And so they create so they create videos, history videos that uh, that explain Roman history as a way of marketing okay. the video game <laughs> that these people were making. I'm in the so, wrong business. So what a, is going a, on? So instead of a show about a video game, it's actually a show about history. They just did an 8-week series called Extra Politics that goes into game theory as played out in the American political system. And as far as I'm concerned, it's like required viewing to understand like the headlines that are in the news right now. 
because it's all about winning and losing and how you're going to spend your points in order to maximize benefit and reduce cost. And everything that happens in politics is all built around this whole gaming theory system. And it's not about issues and it's not about people. It's about winning and losing the game. So uh, quickly, just to wrap up YouTube, what do you think? I mean, do you think it's a, do you think it's a medium that connects or has the potential to make connections? I think that what, what these shows have in common is that when everybody's jumping in, everybody's bringing their own points of view to this. Some of them are inspirational. Some of them are, you know, start as one thing and become something else. Some of them are kind of surface and shallow and vapid. And some of them are really good information uh, to have. And that's kind of, I think, what, what they all have in common is that they're all sort of sharing human experience from different places, different points of view. I love stories and I'm in love with humanity and Mm -hmm. I want to know kind of how we're talking about ourselves. What is, it is now, what it is now the voices around the campfire, you know, as I taught the Genesis story today and let's talk about how we, how we're made and why we're here and what we're up to. It's asking the same questions for me and trying to answer them just in a different medium. Hold my breath, count to ten All I want is to hear calling out to me again One can only hope and dream I have waited so long I am failing to see what you mean to me Um, okay, so uh, we have one last little section, which is called our our staff pick, uh, mm-hmm. where one of us recommends an item from the pop culture uh, for the rest of us as a group. And Ricardo has our staff pick today. Ricardo, what is your staff pick? My staff pick is another podcast, and we've been podcast heavy on our staff picks, but it's called You Must Remember This. And it mm-hmm. is a woman in L.A. named Karina Longworth. And she has a love of all things Hollywood. And it's a podcast that looks back on the first 100 years of Hollywood. It's sort of a, it's an, it's an intelligent gossip, <laughs> basically a <laughs> uh, podcast about movie stars. And so, but it's really interesting because she puts the stories in their historical context, their Hollywood context. And so we, we've, I've learned about Judy Garland and Betty Davis, and, you know, gay man already knew that. But you know, also, they'll take your card. They'll take your card. <laughs> I, know. I we we learned that in one hundred and one. But um, uh, but you know, all these movie stars and how they fit in and the studio system. And then she'll do a whole series of episodes. Like there's the MGM years, and you learn about Louis B. Mayer and Irving Thalberg and their and their love hate relationship and all the people who were made stars. You know, uh, Catherine Hepburn. And they're tragic stories. Oh, my God. Everybody in Hollywood 
was drunk, having affairs, mm-hmm. getting divorced, and having car accidents like every other day. And it's tragic because these people, you know, that you, you learn their story as re- regular people, they become famous and all these bad things happen. Right now I'm on a series called The Blacklist. And so we're learning about people like Dalton Trumbo and all of that. So it's historical, but it's also Hollywood and entertainment. And you get so many ideas for movies to watch that you've never heard of. Or like, oh my God, I want to see William Wyler's, is that his name? William Wyler, the director, his movies, because he's got these movies I never knew. And so I highly recommend You Must Remember This podcast. Yeah. Nice. It's a great one. Excellent. Thumbs up. pick. All right. You can find Popping Collars on the web at poppingcollarspodcast.com. You can find us on all the social media platforms. Just type in Popping Collars in the search bar. And, of course, you can get our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast is available wherever podcasts are available. Don't forget... If you'd like to support the show financially and get some sweet merchandise at the same time, you can buy one of our t-shirts. Just go to poppingcollegepodcast.com slash t-shirts. Pick up one of those. And finally, you can find our show and lots of wonderful Episcopal podcasts on episcopalcafe.com. We love episcopalcafe.com. We know you will as well. Check them out for all your Episcopal news needs and beyond. And with that... That is Popping Colors for this time. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you, Greg, for coming on the show. We will see you next time. Thanks, guys. And before I do the sign-off, I will be at Theocon this weekend. Oh. Virginia Theological Seminary. Wow. Doing the final talkback segment, repping Popping Colors. Nice. And I will also be emceeing, I believe, the cosplay fashion show. Part, wow. which makes me the most wow. excited i don't <laughs> even know what is going to happen so excellent in nice. light of that keep those collars popped nice pop, pop. Pop. nice and good luck to all the beheaded john the baptist cosplayers Listen, out there i am hoping <laughs> you know shout out to my fellow chaplain out there josh that someone will be little john the baptist that's wow. Nice. <laughs> It'd be the best. Yeah.